and welcome to episode 122 of Together BHA. My name is Josh and I am here with you as always post-game to take a look at the uh, the news for the week, really, um, along with some match review uh, and, and a look ahead to next week. And, and that last piece is a, is a big one for us here at Together BHA. Um, in terms of the news itself, over the last, what, seven days since we last spoke, uh, because we, well, it was a little bit longer than seven days, I think, wasn't it? Because we had, uh, I think the game was Saturday last week. Um, one of the big ones uh, is the fans returning. Um, looks like there may well be some fixture uh, higgledy-piggledy at the end of the year, uh, at the end of the season with weeks 37 and 38. Uh, plans of up to 10,000 supporters in stadiums for, for the final home game um, for each team, which is why they're, uh, they're they're looking to mix up the games because they want every team to have home advantage at, le- at least once, right? Um, so that's a big one. Uh, another big one is, is Lamptey being out for the rest of the season. Uh, that was confirmed. Uh, he's now having surgery uh, on his on his hamstring. Something is, is not good there. Uh, Adam Webster out until after the international break and possibly the season as well, um, which is what the kind of the rounds that are being done. Um, there's a lot of people saying that it could well be the rest of the year that he's out. Um, so that would be a shame. Um, in terms of the rest of it, uh, not a great deal else went on. Um, oh, Hope Powell uh, won Manager of the Month for the women's football. Uh, she, uh, she, you know, she had the Albion beat Chelsea. Uh, that was their first defeat in 33 games, and the Albion beat them 2-1, and, and they also beat West Ham as well. Uh, they've made a big jump up the table. Uh, you know, big, um, big gains from the from the women. Um, they're in the kind of comfortable mid table now. Uh, I think there's their seventh. Yeah, they're seventh out of twelve and uh, ten points clear of the drop after winning their last three on the bounce. Um, so you know, they just beat Spurs last weekend. Uh, continuing that good form. No manager. Uh, no manager of the month curse there. Um, so she's doing great. And, and the Albion women's team are, you know, I think that realistically uh, what they can hope for is probably just being a mid-table women's team um, with the amount of money, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United pour into this. Uh, there's there's such a, you know, such a gap in the parity there um, that, that that's the way it's going to be. Um, last but not least, uh, USG. Uh, Tony Bloom's second club in Belgium just won promotion to the top division. That's a huge result for him. Um, that's something he's obviously been very passionate about. He's obviously putting the money in there just as much as he's been back in the Albion. Um, so getting them into the Pro League is, is huge. Uh, not only for for him and obviously his ventures elsewhere, uh, but for the Albion too. Um, you know, if, if we're to continue to loan out some talent to, to that team, uh, which we have done in the past, um, and I'm sure we will do in the future. This is a team that are now going to be playing, you know, for for the the, the Belgian Pro League, um, which is no small feat, right? They're they're going to be playing against some decent sides up there. Uh, we we signed Trossard from there. We absolutely should be signing Paul Onuachu from there. Um, we we have a lot of options available to us, and and players that you know like Aaron Connolly maybe, um, or or Zakiri or other players that may well need a loan spell next year, or we may benefit from a loan spell next year. Uh, Van Heck, being Van Heck, Van Hecke being one of them, uh, he may well you know be able to go over to to that Belgian Pro 
Pro League and not only help them, but also get us a fair amount of, you know, benefit for, for playing time at that decent quality. So well done to them. Um, onto the game itself. Uh, we have some massive, uh, massive, massive points won today. Um, we came into this uh, with no wins um, in quite some time. Uh, you had to go back to the Spurs game, uh, to Liverpool, rather. I got them back to front. Uh, Liverpool was our last game that we, we won on the 3rd of February. Uh, since then, we, we drew twice uh, at Burnley and Villa and lost to, lost to Leicester, Palace, West Brom and Leicester uh, again because of the FA Cup, right? So... We were we were on a bit of a poor run of form. Um, it was a it was a game we, we desperately needed to win, um, and and Southampton weren't in the greatest form either. Uh, you know they they had only had one win um, in their last god knows how many. Um, they hadn't won since the fourth of January uh, against Liverpool. Funnily enough, um, so our last wins were both against Liverpool. Um, oh no, they're beating Sheffield United. My bad. Uh, I thought that was a cup game. So basically, we've both been shit lately. Form was useless, uh, and 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 you know it was a it was a massive game for the Albion and for Southampton. Southampton definitely still wanting to pull away from the bottom of the table. You know they're sat on thirty three points, uh, although they should be fine. Thirty three points is not going to be enough this year, so they do do still need to find you know probably three to five points in the next. Uh, I still think 38 is guaranteed safety. Um, so, you know, I think they need to find, uh, you know, five points in the next nine games, um, which is definitely doable. Uh, Albion now need to find uh, nine points in the next 11 games, which, again, doable if we work hard and continue to stay disciplined like we did today. Starting 11 came out. Uh, one change in that starting 11. We went to 4-4-2 straight up. Veltman on the right-hand side, Byrne on the left, Dunk and White at centre-half. Trossard was on the left, Bissouma and Lalana in the middle, uh, and Pascal Gross out wide uh, on the right, although it really ended up being uh, a bit of a just a trade-off uh, with Lalana and Gross. Um, they, they kind of ended up just switching and sliding whenever they felt like it, so that kind of right side of the midfield was a lot more fluid. Um, so take that with a pinch of salt and then up top we had that straight up top to uh Welbeck and Mopai um I was quite surprised and disappointed to see Alexis McAllister come off uh, I thought he'd been really good lately he was on the bench so we know it wasn't an injury um and and you know I was I was genuinely surprised to see him not start pretty disappointed about it um and not only that uh but Karbovnik also not on the bench, so we had no defenders on the bench. So hopefully uh, none of our defenders uh, would come away with, with an injury or anything like that, right? <laughs> um, game started pretty well. Uh, the Albion were, you know, very much in the ascendancy early on. Um, we we played pretty solid football for, you know, that pretty much that entire first up until the goal. Um, we allowed them more of the ball, um, but you know we we had our chances as much as they had theirs. Uh, we were dominant in the air. We were we were pressing very highly. Um, you know we were we were kind of trading off on on scrappy shots um, and and nothing really going too much. Uh, and then the corner comes. Um, Pascal Gross on the corner as per usual. Um, whips the ball in. Uh, very very kind of driven uh, outward swinging corner straight onto Lewis Dunk's head. Uh, he smashes it into the bottom corner. Um, great goal. Happy days. 
goal from a set piece as well, direct from a set piece, not even a second ball, direct from a set piece. That man again, Lewis Dunk, very happy with that. Fraser Forster, um, how is this man only 32? He looks 52, honestly. Uh, the he looks he looks old, man. Like something he's been aged by someone. Uh, someone is sucking his soul away from him um, because he just looks so old. But uh, in general, great goal. Fraser Forster should have done better. Um, but it's nice to see a keeper not have a world-class performance against us for once in their lives, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks with Martinez and Schmeichel um, all coming out to play and, and just being stupid. So happy days, 1-0. At that point, uh, you know, you think, all right, let's hope we've learned from, you know, our past. Lord knows how many t- how many opportunities, right? Let's hope we've learned from it and, and we keep ourselves tidy uh, and, and, you know, well together at the back. Um, we did not. We we immediately kind of dropped back. Southampton ended up with 65% possession in that nine or ten minutes between the goal. Uh, they had five shots, two on target. Uh, they were really good at stringing the ball together. 83% pass success rate in that kind of nine minutes. We had 68%. Uh, we were dispossessed plenty. Um, we allowed them two corners. Uh, and it was from one of those corners that they went ahead and, and equalized. Uh, ball comes in, gets cleared out. Uh, and... and Dunk, Byrne, Basuma, and Lalana are all at the back post. Um, at least that side of the box. All four of them. And Sanchez is on his line. And somehow, the ball in, the second ball in, manages to bounce through off of Veltman, which was shocking, onto Dunk, who jumped up and kind of went for a weird clearance that was never really going to work because it was too high. Dropped behind him, straight to Che Adams for him to volley it into the back of the net uh, and immediately equalise. Lewis Dunk goes down with the error, um, both on the stat stat sites and in a a tweet I I pointed out earlier. I felt that he was at fault for that that jump that he made. I, I don't understand why he did it. Uh, upon a replay, I'm, I'm happy to share the blame amongst five of them. Uh, Lewis Dunk should never have made the header. Actually, six of them. Lewis Dunk should never have made the header. Joel Veltman's uh, uh, ball should have been a lot better. That was a, a piss-poor clearance as well. Sanchez should have came for the ball, uh, both at the Veltman time and the Dunk time. At the very least, he could have rushed out when he saw what was happening with Che Adams. Uh, Bisuma did not track the man. Lalana did not track the man, and Byrne did not track the man. So that's six of them, uh, all at fault, all kept, you know, unawares of Che Adams slipping in around the back. Uh, no excuse for it. He shouldn't have been able to do that, uh, but he did. Um, and, and, you know, from then on, we were, we were under the cosh a little bit for the rest of the first half. Uh, we kind of managed to keep ourselves together uh, and, and get through to half time. Um, it was disappointing. It felt like once again, you know, same old story. Uh, we we struggled once they once they went one one. Uh, you know, we we definitely got the possession back, and it was much more fifty fifty all the way up to half time. Uh, but our pass success rate was sixty one percent. Only sixty four percent pass success rate in the entire first half. Uh, we were dispossessed more times than they were, despite us pressing very highly indeed. Um, and you know, we allowed seven shots on our goal. Uh, with three on target. The one thing I will say is we had four shots in that first half and all four were on target. Uh, 
only one more chance really to talk about in that first half, uh, and that was the Pascal Gross opportunity. Uh, great ball from Dan Byrne, by the way. Great pass through to Pascal Gross, uh, who has more than enough time to pick his spot um, and and really fires a tame effort towards goal that, that is comfortably saved by Fraser Forster in the end. Um, if it wasn't saved by Forster, it was saved by a Saints defender who had came in uh, to block the ball because uh, Gross took so much time to get that one in on goal. Um, I was I was really surprised. Uh, you know, Pascal Gross, although he hasn't had the greatest time uh, in front of goal when it comes to penalties, uh, he you know he missed that one recently, and you expect him to do a bit better than that. Uh, he he was someone that you know I really thought would go ahead and and put that in the back of the net. Um, he had a 0.34 xG. Um, I honestly feel like that could have been higher um, in terms of that chance. I felt like he had a really good opportunity. But wasn't able to bury it, and it and it was what it was. We we went into half time, one one, um, and and we were forced into a substitution. Dan Byrne is hurt, hamstring injury. Uh, seems like a lot of Albion hamstrings are going down. We had no defenders on the bench, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show. Uh, so Andy Zakiri comes on and plays left wing back. Um, we reverted to three at the back. Uh, Veltman came on. Um, Veltman came to the left hand side of the three. White stayed on the right. Pasca, uh, Donkey in the middle, uh, and then Zakiri and Gross as wingbacks, uh, Bisuma and Lalana in the midfield, um, and then of course uh, Mopai and, and Welbeck up top with Trossard in behind. Um, it was a risky strategy that paid off wonderfully. I know it wasn't intentional, I know it was because Byrne was hurt, but Southampton uh, and Ralph Hassan had no answer for it whatsoever. Um, we were happy to cede possession, and we did. Uh, that second half stat sheet, they had 62% possession, uh, 85% pass success rate compared to our 71. Um, but they were dispossessed 10 times to our one. We were only dispossessed once in that entire second half. So when we had the ball, we were quite dangerous with it getting forward. They had two shots all half uh, compared to our four. And we had two on target and they just had the one. We, And one of those shots was, of course, the, the James Ward Prowse free kick. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to understand the advantage rule there. Uh, I feel that they, they played the advantage. He had the shot. He missed the shot. That's the advantage that's been played, right? Like, that's my understanding of advantage. Um, to then pull it back and award James Ward-Prowse a free kick. And of all players, right, it's James Ward-Prowse. It's basically like giving him a penalty. Um, for him to do that was not only frustrating, but I, I don't think it was even allowed. Like, would, would VAR have pulled that back and said you already gave the advantage if he scored it? I don't understand. Like, and, and if they wouldn't have, then why not? Like, can they not do that because it's technically a phase of play or something? Like, I don't know. Um, the substitution at halftime was a bold one. Zakiri on for Burn. I know that Burn was hurt, but you still had to go ahead and make that decision. Um, he could have changed it up in any number of ways, but it worked. Zakiri looked very good on that left hand side. Wasn't afraid to take a shot. Um, and and you know about ten minutes into that first uh, second half, uh, Danny Welbeck played a a great ball in to Leandro Trossard, who was clean through, uh, who popped it into the top left hand corner, absolutely smashed it. Uh, Leandro Trossard on social media was getting a lot of shit. Uh, 
he was um, generally the one that everybody wanted to come off. Um, and I'll be honest, I thought he was very, very quiet and pretty poor. In fact, just anonymous, really, in that first half. Uh, he came back and, and showed uh, showed the Albion faithful what he can do big time with that winner. Uh, not that he knew it was a winner at the time, but big goal, 2-1 uh, up, and, and Ralph uh, continued to struggle to adapt. Uh, he eventually brought on Redmond and Genepo for, for Tella and Minamino uh, and ended up pretty much just going a like-for-like change as he had at the beginning. Um, he went 4-3-3 the whole way through and, and didn't make the adjustment. Um, and, and by doing that, we were able to really just dominate them um, out wide and in the middle. We overran them either which way. Uh, if they came out wide to try and crush, crush us uh, you know, and press us on the outside, we played narrow and they had no answer. Um, if they played through the middle and kept narrow, we, we had Zakiri and Gross on the wide right-hand side and left-hand side that, that caused them big problems. Um, it was it was a great little tactical change by Potter. Um, and after, what, 13 minutes to go, uh, 77th minute, Davy Proper comes on for Danny Welbeck. Uh, great substitution. Welbeck looked absolutely spent. Davy Proper has not played a lot of game time. Uh, he's on there to take care of the ball and, and put himself about because Proper is a bit of a hard note at times. Uh, so good substitution there as well. And then with about five minutes to go, Trossard, who also looks spent, uh, off for Jakob Moda, uh, who looked very much up for it. Um, looks to have a real bite of pace about him too. And he's so tall. He looks tall. I don't know how tall he actually is, but he looks like rangy as hell. Um, big boy. Came in, did a great job, pressed them from the front like he was asked to do, uh, and and did a good job. Um, there wasn't really a great deal to talk about uh, in terms of Albion chances post-goal. Uh, we had a couple of opportunities, um, but nothing kind of clear-cut spoon over the bar levels of, of embarrassing. Um, so I was pretty happy with with the way we ended up uh, in that in that second half. Um, I was really surprised by just how tame Southampton looked. Uh, you know, they came close uh, with a couple of minutes to go. Um, and then, of course, they had that penalty shout right at the end. Uh, it's it's funny because I, I had no doubt in my mind that it was a good challenge. Uh, but I think it was Veltman that made it. I, I had no doubt in my mind it was a good tackle. From the very first minute, second, you could see he got the ball. Great challenge. What I was worried about was VAR going back, looking at it, and making up their own mind and making up a new rule to give them the pen, which would have been so Albion. Um, didn't happen. Final whistle went. Big win for the Albion. Um, and, and you know, we, we go ahead with the three points and, and off to Newcastle. Or rather, back to Brighton for Newcastle to come visit. In, in terms of the players themselves, uh, you know, I thought that they pretty much all did a great job. Um, defensively, though, uh, Lalana did a superb job today. Five total tackles, most in the team. Uh, successful interse- interception as well. Um, and then offensively, you know, he he was busy as well. Um, he he won a couple of key fouls uh, with two of them. Only only uh, Welbeck won more, um, and, and generally just played a great did a great job of, of linking the play. Uh, he was one of the most accurate passers in the team. Uh, only Basuma and Dunk had more. Um, and generally just did a great job uh, keeping that, that midfield ticking over. Um, also had the joint most touches in the team uh, next to Veltman. I thought he did a great job uh, and, and did a good uh, 
did a good shift in the middle of the park. He wasn't as far up as usual, so fair play to him. Danny Welbeck, uh, two key passes, uh, 80% pass accuracy, uh, well up there uh, in that top three as well. Um, didn't have a great deal of touches, but that's okay. Uh, I think he linked up the play pretty well. Uh, also got the assist, of course. Uh, won more fouls than anybody else, as I said earlier. Um, and generally just did a pretty good job pressing from the front and, and causing problems. Um, the assist is obviously massive because we desperately needed one. Uh, in terms of the defenders, um, I think you know most of them did a good job. I think the one that stands out, uh, well, two that stand out really, uh, Lewis Dunk scored the goal to, I'm going to sneeze, Chew. I'm not editing that out. It's spring. You can deal with the allergies. Oh, all right. Lewis Dunk scored the goal. Great stuff. Uh, nine total clearances from Lewis Dunk today. Uh, he was, you know, one of those key players at fault for the goal, in my opinion. Um, so that does bring him down somewhat. But the goal was the goal. Uh, and, and, you know, he's our second top scorer, I believe, uh, currently. So you can't underestimate that kind of impact on the team. Uh, yeah, he has four goals now. Um, other good defender that obviously needs a big shout out is Joel Veltman, right? Four tackles, second most, three clearances, uh, second most. He was comfortable uh, with taking a shot, had a decent shot that was blocked, key pass, uh, won a couple of fouls, only Welbeck won more, um, and, and was able to slot in from a right back to a left-sided centre-half with no problem. Um, and made a game-saving tackle uh, in the dying seconds. Um, I thought Veltman was superb again today. Uh, I, I am just blown away that we've managed to get this this lad for, for £900,000. Blown away. I can't believe we've managed it. Uh, feels like daylight robbery uh, after watching him week after week. Pascal Gross was, was back to his best uh, on set pieces, got the assist from one, whipped in a couple of very dangerous free kicks, uh, could well have had a couple more um, with some of those balls that were whipped into the area uh, and, and generally did a superb job. As I said, I thought Zakiri was excellent today. Uh, when he came on, he caused big problems and, and also did a great job defensively. You know, he wasn't shy. Uh, two tackles, one clearance, a couple of headers won. Um, aerial duels, you know, he wasn't he wasn't shy uh, getting forward and, and winning a couple of aerial duels as well. So big stuff for him. Um, he had 25 touches in that second half and, and did well did well with all of them. Really, um, I was I was very impressed with uh, with Zakiri today. Last but not least, uh, obviously big shout out to Leandro Trossard. Uh, got the goal, two shots, two on target, more than anybody else in the game today. 52 touches, which is more than he's had in a long time. Uh, he came in and, and did a great job uh, from start to finish, really. Uh, four successful dribbles, more than anybody else by a bajillion miles. Only Danny Welbeck had one. Uh, he also won a foul. Um, he was, you know, pretty active uh, back, you know, pressing in that midfield four interceptions uh, nobody else had any more than him uh, and then a clearance as well uh, he also ended up coming away with the highest xg uh, so he is getting himself into goal scoring positions and and i feel like it is only a matter of time before he starts contributing even more i know he scored this week but i think we can expect more to come from him um and and yeah i thought leandro trossard was you know the biggest marmite player in the game uh he was almost totally anonymous for 45 minutes and then was superb in the second half so uh, good stuff from him 
Uh, Bissouma, uh, I feel like people are not really talking about this. Uh, he does look tired, um, a bit like Bruno Fernandes um, in, for Manchester United, if you've watched them lately. He just looks slightly less uh, of a catalyst, and, and I feel like Bissouma is the same. Uh, but he went out there and did his job today. Two tackles, three interceptions, a clearance, uh, only the one foul to his name, which is a lot less than usual. Uh, didn't provide anything offensively, um, which I think goes to show just the amount of work he was being asked to do. Did come away with the highest pass accuracy, though, in the entire team um, and, and played plenty of them as well. 31 passes played. Uh, only Dunk, Veltman and Alana had more. Overall, how can you complain? We won. It's three points. Uh, it was a big, big boost to, to our psychological resilience, I think. Um, I, I tweeted it towards the second half, the end of the second half. This was this was a huge uh, game for our, you know, our mentality. Um, you know, Potter was, was clearly there. Uh, you know, I saw him several times as the camera was panning back and forth as the game was going on begging his team to push out and push up, push out and push up, push out and push up. And and the team was not. They were sitting back. They looked scared to to, to lose a goal. Um, and, and, you know, it must be frustrating for a manager to see your team just mentally go back in their shell like that. And there's not much you can do as a manager. Um, you've just got to hope that it turns itself around with the belief you keep instilling in them. Uh, Hutton was able to do it in that second season. Potter was able to do it in his first season uh, and he's been able to do it again um, in January and, and, and possibly now as well. Um, so it's possible to get themselves out of that rut. Uh, and, and, and it looks like maybe this way will have sparked a, a final surge that we need to, to get ourselves safe and sound. Um, that, that obviously, you know, keeping it to two, one was big. We scored a second goal. Uh, that's the first time we've scored two goals or more since Wolves on January the 2nd. Uh, again, obviously a big thing for the Albion to get through uh, is scoring a couple of goals in a game um, because it's something we've been incapable of for four months almost. Um, and, you know, the the win is the win. Uh, it's a massive result. Puts us on to 29 points from 28 games. We're now back ahead of the one point per game ratio. We are now ahead on the like-for-like uh, -like fixtures uh, because Albion's last year... Uh, when we played these five fixtures back to back to back, uh, starting at, uh, where were we at? I think it was from Leicester. Uh, from Leicester onwards, or West Brom onwards, actually. Um, we No, Leicester onwards, I'm right. Uh, we only took two points from our next four games. Uh, we lost to Leicester, we drew with Saints, we, lost to, we drew with Newcastle, and we lost to Manchester United. Oh, and we... Uh, and we've took three already, so we're ahead of the game. We're back in, um, and and you know this is a this is a huge final running. Um, the Newcastle game being obviously a huge game, and we also have a game in hand. Um, and it's worth noting that game in hand that we have over Fulham is Sheffield United. Very very winnable. Um, you know if we were to win that game in hand and win next week. That puts us on 35 points, 36, 35 points. We're three away from safety at that point. We can do it. We can. Today was a game that we generally have not been winning this season. Um, for us to turn around and do it is both a surprise, um, but also a huge psychological boost, I think, going into next week. Newcastle are 
not a great side. They will not have Callum Wilson as usual, which is great for us. Uh, you know, they have a decent amount of players out injured, just like we do. Uh, their away form is uh, is nowhere near as good as their home form. Uh, you know, they've played 14 games at home, scored 17 goals. Uh, and, and, away, and away from home, they've played 14 games and only scored the 11. Uh, away from home, they are bottom three. Um, in the table, they've only took 12 points from, from 14 games. Three wins, three draws, and eight defeats. Uh, the Albion, obviously, are mid-table in 11th there. The only problem is, is at home, we are bottom three, uh, with one win, seven draws, and six defeats. Uh, so it's going to be tight, obviously. Um, it's going to be a very, very, very tough game. But the big thing is, is next week we are doing a big charity stream on Twitch. Uh, Twitch is a, a streaming service uh, that's super easy to get into. Um, you can leave comments in the chat. It's like a live chat next to the to the stream itself. Um, the long and the short of it is that uh, we will be getting together with, with multiple other content creators um, that are on that list on the poster I posted. Uh, we have a whole host of, of, of big content creators that all are great people and great, you know, contribute greatly to the Albion uh, stratosphere, so to speak. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to us all getting together uh, and, and coming forward to, you know, for the charity in general um, and, and putting ourselves out there. You know, you've got Albion Analytics, uh, who I've had on the show very early on when he very first started his stuff on, on the Twitter. Um, we've got the Brighton Rock podcast. Uh, Russell, uh, who came on for an, quite a few shows, actually, prior to starting his own. Uh, we've got Let's Talk BHFC. Uh, we've got Seagulls Unrestricted. We've got uh, TSR Football and Talk Seagulls uh, with Ryan. Um, and we've got BHA Today as well. Uh, we've got some some big content creators on the show all playing host uh, for a long 12-hour charity stream, uh, all to raise funds for Albion in the community. Uh, please do head over to the, the Just Giving link that I keep posting uh, and, and give whatever you can for, for Albion in the community. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the head of Albion in the community and a couple of other beneficiaries coming on to, to show what that money means to them um, and how it has changed their lives and how it keeps them going through this pandemic. Uh, we also have a whole bunch of analysis, right? Uh, we also have Paul Barber on the show, uh, who will be answering our questions and yours. Uh, we also have Bruno on the show, uh, who will also be answering our questions and yours. Uh, Andy Naylor will be on. Uh, Kieran Maguire from The Price of Football will be coming on. Um, and and also, we, we do have a couple of other potential guests lined up. Um, don't want to announce them just yet, because uh, I don't want them to pull out. <laughs> um, and, and maybe I'll just keep them as a surprise anyway to keep you tuned in, uh, because two or three of them are, are, are pretty big. Um, so, so definitely head over to twitch.tv forward slash togetherbha. Uh, Go ahead, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, um, so you can get the notification when we go live next week. Uh, it will be 12 p.m. UK time to 12 a.m. UK time. So that means it will be 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And whatever that is for you all in, uh, in different time zones, just go ahead and, and make the uh, adjustment. Uh, so we will be on for the full day. Uh, lots and lots and lots of build-up to the Albion game. 
uh, along with obviously a watch along um, that we will be committing to um, and then post game reaction. Uh, I would love to have you, the listeners, come on the stream uh, from 10 till 12 to, to talk post match, win, lose or draw. Uh, about what that means for us i would love to have you on it's like a you know five live or talk sport phone in at the end um so stay tuned for that uh, and and you can come on and have your say on what is hopefully going to be one of the uh, the biggest albion events in terms of virtual events ever um i have high hopes for this one so please do tune in next week uh, i would love to have you all on there um and and the big thing is is it's it's your show too we have a chat window that you can come on uh, as anybody viewing the show, uh, the Twitch stream. You can come on and you can ask your questions to Paul Barber. You can ask your questions to Bruno, Price of Football, Andy Naylor. Uh, you have your opportunity to ask questions to the people that are on the show. And that is something that is not very often given. So I would love to have you on. Uh, it's, it's something that, that we're very excited about. I will see you all next week for the big, long stream. Uh, and then I will, of course, be recording the podcast the day after. So my voice may or may not die. Um, and yeah, I will see you all next week. Enjoy the week uh, because it's always a lot nicer after three points. Stay safe.